anointing from the Holy One and we know all things. So every believer has been given an ability to know all things. Right. We looked at that in John chapter 14, 15, and 16 where Jesus said, the spirit of truth is in us and we are guided into all truth. We are shown things to come. Right. We know and remember what he said, all of that. He testifies of Christ and the things of Christ, all this stuff. Does that make sense? I'm trying not to reteach the whole message, but if you want to know more, this is your time. You ask any question you want. So I'm going to keep talking until you interrupt me. And it's not an interruption. I'm asking you if you want clarity or to take it a certain way, all you got to do is, is chime in. Does that make sense? This is an open thing. So then we talk about the specific anointing, which is what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks. Um, and I'm not even going to put a time limit on it. We'll talk about it till we're done. Does that, is that everybody cool yeah, with that? I love that. Uh, and we'll let the Spirit lead us on Thursdays. Some Thursdays we may only talk for a few minutes. Some Thursdays we may talk longer. Right. Well, if the spirit dictate and guide the amount, but we're just going to keep talking it out because I really want you to understand and know what gift, what charisma is the Greek word. And the word charisma simply means that which grace produces. Charisma. Charis is the word for grace. Ma is a two word ending uh, that talks about this is something grace will produce. Wow. So your gift is simply something grace will produce in your life. Amen. That's all that it is. Right? Amen. But I want you to know what that is. A, so you can expect to walk in it. Yeah. You can expect to operate in it. Secondly, you can know how to cultivate it. Yeah. You can know how to grow it because the specific anointing is the only of the anointings that I have seen that you have the ability to do something with and cause it to increase. It's the reason Jesus gave us the story of the parable of the talents and the parable of the minors, that the master went away on a far journey, if you remember the story, and he gave to each servant something according to their charisma, according to their ability. He gave them a grace. He gave them a gift. And he said, now take that gift Go do business with it. And I'm not talking about charlatanism. I'm talking about use it. Go take your gift and use it in the world and cause that gift to grow. Again, he said, even if it's just bringing it to the bank, this is the bank. He says, he says, your, your low end is just bring it to the bank and at least use it at the bank where I can get a little bit of interest. Right. But if you want to do more with it, you can take it into the world and you can double it. That kind of stuff. Does that make sense? So this is what you can grow. You are in control of what this looks like. The only way you can fail is if you do nothing. Because the only servant that failed was the one who buried it because he was afraid. Right. And he did nothing. He didn't lose it. He didn't squander it. He just did nothing with it. Right. Right, so, so the kingdom teaches us to be risk takers, yes. to take risks with what God gives us, yes. to, to, to risk our life and to, in a good sense, gamble with it. Yeah. But it's a, it, it'll never be a loss. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. You'll never lose it. Amen. So, so does that make sense? Yeah. So as we look at this kind of stuff, we're, we're going to walk through this. Now, as we talk about these different giftings, there's always a two planes that I want to look at. There is a general and a specific to each one of these. Okay, so for tonight, we're going to look at the apostle. 
So we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But as I read these lists, I want you to, to keep this in mind because it'll help you understand how it works. The general and the specific work together. So let's just talk about it like this. So the, the word apostle simply meant, means someone who is sent. That's all it means. Is sent. A sent one. Right? A someone who is sent. Now, generally, would you agree that all believers are sent into the world by Christ? So in a general sense, all of us in a general sense are apostles. Right? Because Christ has sent us into the world to go and make disciples of all people. So in some instances, we are all sent. But some of us will be given a ability that is specific to an apostle and you'll just do it better than others. Does that make sense? Have you ever seen someone in your life and and, and you do something that they do, but they just kind of do it better than you? (laughs) Right. And and, and no matter how hard you try, you just know I ain't never going to be better than them. (laughs) Right. I just, I just, I'll never get there. It's in a somewhat of a generalized sense. It's that way with these things. You're going to see that all of the giftings can be applied to us all as believers. But some of us will just be better at it. It'll just come naturally. It's one of the ways you know what your gift is. Right? Because you'll just be good at it. It won't bother you. It won't scare you. You'll kind of look around and go, I don't know why this is people making a big deal out of this. <laughs> just, 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 just get over it and go. I just, okay. wish that, I just wish they'd get on board and hurry up. I, I mean, you know, and it, that's how you know it's you, right? That's one of the ways you'll know you're, you're, you're getting close to your gift is because it'll just come naturally to you and you'll just wonder why other people are struggling, right? So give those other people grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, I want A, one. B, step up and be you. Own your spot, own your gift. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, any, again, any questions so far? Questions? Thank you, Jesus. Because for the longest time, I, I, I know that I have just from the Lord, but 
applies to what capacity of we say, oh, that person's very charismatic. You know, you don't really realize where words come from. So that really gave me a good visual picture of that, you know, <laughs> you know, just work with, you know, what God is giving you and don't let other people put a damper on That's your right. charisma because they don't have anything. <laughs> yes, That's exactly yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> Well, that's right, and, and and remember that that your your gift your gift will roar out of you, right? It's your voice. Part of part of your gifting is part of your voice. It's the tone of your voice. It's the tone of your service. Does that make sense? It's it's your gift. So don't dampen don't dampen that down, right? Don't let people talk you out of it, right? You'll hear me say this a lot. Remember. Uh, God made you a voice. Everybody okay? What was on? Was on? You just, yeah, they're wanting microphones in there. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, that's, okay, that's fine. Sorry. sorry. To... We're all good. I know. It's all good. It's all good. We can bounce. It's all good. Um, so, remember, don't die an echo. Mm. That's huge. Yeah. Right? You were made to be your own voice. So don't become someone else's echo. Yeah. It's like what Sayla said. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Be you. Amen. That's right. Just be you. Pause and calmly think of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so with this, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you've got your Bibles in one form or another. And again, we're going to take our time. Everybody say, Brad, take your time. Take your time. Very good. This is good. Sometimes I can be in a hurry. Not you. Not me. So. Where'd you tell us to go? Second Corinthians? Mm-hmm. First Corinthians. First Corinthians. Sorry. Ah, if I said 2 Corinthians, I was wrong. No, I might have just not heard you. First Corinthians. We're going to go to the 12th chapter. I wanted to look at this first because it's the only one of the three lists where Paul gives us a bit of structure. Right? It's the only one. Remember, when we look at these ministry gifts... We're, look, we're going to look at Paul's three lists. Paul gave us three lists of ministry gifts. We find one of them in the famous Ephesians chapter 4. We find the other one in Romans chapter 12. And we find this one here at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So there's three lists. The other Sunday we compiled them together and we're still working on that document to give you one compiled list with some definitions on it. Yes, I'm working on that document. Yeah, but we're working on that all together. But it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is this one. And here Paul says in verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and you are members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. And then he says, first, apostles. Right now, I want to talk about first a little bit there. First does not mean hierarchy. It doesn't mean apostle is number one in the sense of he's the top dog. Some in, in the church world, at some degree, we have lost the understanding of this. That's good. And we have said, okay, because everybody's kind of working the church corporate ladder. You know, and if I'm a good little pastor, then one day mm-hmm. I'll be a good little pastor and I'll be real faithful and I can climb my way to profit. Yeah, That's where yeah, you go yeah, next, yeah. That's right? Huge. That's the next step. That's huge. And then if I'm a faithful little prophet and I do a good job at profit, one day. I can arrive at the top spot yeah. and they can call me Apostle Brad. Yeah. yeah. Right? Wow. And I'll have arrived. Right? That is not what the meaning. Yes, ma'am. What is like, the meaning to you of Apostle Very good. Let me get to that right here. That's a great question. 
Uh, and so, but first just means it's an order of operations. Any of my, my, my students here know the mathematical order of operations, PEMDAS. Anybody remember PEMDAS yes. when you're doing math problems? What is, what is the order of operations? Come on, y'all help me. Exponents. Multiplication. And it's the process of how to solve something. It's yes. exactly, it's the process, and there's an order of operations called PEMDAS. Parentheses, exponents, uh, multiplication, division, addition, and subtraction. Yes. And you work through That's the order so of operations. All that. Paul was giving us was an order of operations. He was saying it starts with someone, and Miss Viva here, it starts with someone being sent. Mm-hmm. The gospel always advances on someone being sent. So what do I define as an apostle? You might call those people missionaries. Missionaries carry a degree of apostolic gifting. You might call those people church planters. People who go out and start new churches and new communities. Those, they're going into a certain place. Those people might be apostolic or carry that kind of gifting. You might see an, an apostle. The one that I knew the most was Brother Kenneth e. Hagin. Now, Brother Kenneth e. Hagin was interesting. He was an apostle because he was sent with a specific message. He was sent by the Lord to teach God's people faith and then later to teach the next generation a move of the Spirit that would be lost unless someone taught them. Right. And so you see there's an apostolicness to people who have a message. If you've ever heard a minister before, and I'll just be real, can I just be real transparent? Y'all won't be mad at me. Is that okay? (laughs) Like if you ever go to to our Irondale campus and listen to Pastor Mark Manchin, and you sit there for a long enough time, every time he opens his mouth, he'll try to go this way, and he'll end right back up on the grace of God. (laughs) And he'll try to talk about something else. And he'll end back up on the grace of God. And he'll try to do something over here. And he'll end right back up over here. It's because he's an apostle. He picked that mantle up from his father. Right? He can't help himself. The gift on the inside of him makes him go to the message that he carries. So an apostle is someone who is sent. They're either sent to a specific place, to a specific people, or with a specific message. Those types of things, those people are apostolic. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? They come first in an order of operation because you need someone to go. You need someone to break into a new area, to bring the message, to go to a new people. Does that make sense? You look in the Bible. Classically, we know the 12 apostles, right? Peter, James, John, Matthew, Bartholomew, all those guys, right? Simon the Zealot. All of them, they were apostles. Why? Because they were sent. Who sent them? Jesus. Where did he send them? All out into the world. It's, it's worth reading the first chapter of Fox's Book of Martyrs to see their apostolic gift and where it took them. Right? Some of them died in India. Some of them died in Ethiopia. Some of them went all the way into what we would call Britain. And died in Britain, right? Some went, they believe, as far as into what was called cafe or into China, mm-hmm. right? So they literally went out into the world and carried the message. Yes, ma'am. Were all twelve apostles martyred? 
Yes, all 12 apostles were martyred save the apostle John. The apostle John is the only one, if you read in Fox's book of martyrs, they tried to kill him, but he was boiled in oil and survived. He just turned into a spa treatment. It really, it's, a, it's an amazing little thing. They, they were going to do it, and they took him, and they dropped him in a pot of oil, and nothing happened to him. Right? He just had some good exfoliation. Right? He was already old. So that, that's, why, that's why they had... This is good. This is good. And, so, uh, and uh, that's why they had to send him to Patmos because they couldn't kill him. So they exiled him. Right. And then he received the revelation of Christ in, in the book we call Revelation. Right. And so that's there. So he was the only one who died. It, it was said, I love that it says he died in his 90s and he died in Ephesus and he was the pastor there. And it says that they would carry him in in a chair and set him before the people to preach because he was so old. And his message sounded something like this. He said, brothers, love each other. Yeah. Let's pray. Oh. <laughs> and, and that was about it. Oh it, 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 it. So that was there. So yeah, he's the only one that survived. But all the rest of them died a martyr's death, just as Jesus said. And so does that make sense? So those were there. We famously know the apostle Paul. Now tell me why Paul was an apostle. He was sent. Yep. Where was he sent? The Gentiles. So he was sent not to a place. He was sent to a people. Right. Did he have a specific message? Yes. Justification. What was that message? The justification by faith in Christ alone. Right. So you see this operation. But there were more apostles that you read about. Who did we read about, Audrey? Who were some of the other ones? Barnabas was an apostle. Right. Who else were apostles that y'all can think of? Timothy would be like an apostle in this sense. Who sent Timothy? Paul. Titus would have been like an apostle. Because who sent Titus? Paul. Paul. Who were they sent to? Uh, church. Titus was to the Crete. He was sent to the Philippians, to, to Philippi. Right? So you saw that there's an apostolic mantle that was shared between Paul and his two sons. And he would send them back and forth in his stead. So now here's the big thing to understand. Giftings and mantles, I believe, are hereditary. They are passed both to natural sons and to spiritual sons. Right? And so part of understanding that is, is not only when you learn your gift, are you stewarding the gift that was given to you for your lifetime, you are actually... Leaving a good man leaves an inheritance to that's not just money. A good man stewards his gift, disciples his family line, and teaches his children how to pick up the mantle that's on their family. Right? And leaves a spiritual inheritance to their children and their children. Now I'm not talking of nepotism. If you came out of the word of faith circles. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But you ran into some nepotism, yes. right? So please hear me. Nepotism means uh, you get to be super awesome just because you're my kid. And so I'm going to give you special place above oh, yeah. all these yeah. lovely people. And you're people. not qualified, nor called right. to that. But, right. you know, it's your last name. So Does that make sense? So I'm not speaking... Yeah, I'm not speaking. I'm not speaking of nepotism. That it's just a family business. Where again, uh, if I can just be real clear in our church, right? I've got six children, right? Two of them are present in here, 
right? The other four in the other room. This is going to be their church as long as they choose to be here. Like you, this is a church I desire for them to serve. But they will serve based on what God has asked of them to do and gifted them to do, not because I'm the pastor. Yeah, yeah, amen. Amen. Does that that make sense? Amen. I want to do the same thing for your children. Yeah. That this is a place for them. This is our church. This is their church. This is for them and their inheritance to do with as they will do. But I do believe that things that happen is is mantles get dropped. Yeah. Right? Mantles get dropped either through hurt, offense, neglect, different things. Right? And mantles get left behind. But I believe that they're stored in the spiritual places. And that at any time, an heir of the gift can make a claim on their family mantle and pick it back up. Right? That is a good word. And they can grab that again. <laughs> Does that make sense? So you and yes, exactly right. And so, so you need to understand that. And it's not it's not odd when God picks it back up again. I'll, so uh, so see, my mom was to go somewhere in the world when she was young. She was go to another country. Mm-hmm. Right, and she was talked out of it mm-hmm. by her family. Wow. Yeah. So it's no surprise that that got passed mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? So you need to understand these things because we steward more than yeah. just natural stuff. We That's steward awesome. spiritual stuff. Hey, yes, you know, you talk about spiritual inheritance and monetary inheritance and spiritual inheritance is worth. So much more. So much more. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a lot of hard work, but it's it's well worth it. And, but I, I said before I would love if I could create anything. I would love to create a spiritual genealogy. You know, that Ancestry.com. Yeah. I would love to do well, spiritual ancestry. <laughs> and right, and kind of trace backwards who led us all to Jesus. Oh, and take us all the way back. That would be all. I, that's what I'm asking for. I want to see the dots. I want to see out of the mouth of which apostle was my family line born. Right. Does that make sense? So these kind of things that are there. So any of Billy mm-hmm. Grail. Mm-hmm. What about Billy Grail? The, the anointing that he had mm-hmm. and the favor that God gave him on a lot of Absolutely. what we call big time people. That's the right. President. Yeah. And when he passed away, um, I kind of thought it was odd at the time. I grieved. I mean, you would have thought he was my daddy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I grieved. Mm-hmm. But the Lord spoke to me and said, if somebody don't pick his mantle up, mm-hmm. because that man carried an anointing. He did. He found favor with people that I would never be able to speak to. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And if somebody, and his children may, but I grieve the anointing that he had yeah. and the mantle he carried, because if somebody doesn't pick that up mm-hmm. and go with that, it's gone. That's true. So, and tell me your name again, sister. Belinda. I'm so, Belinda. So, Miss Belinda, can I ask you a couple of questions? Mm-hmm. So, tell me about your heart towards people that don't know Jesus. 
it's it's um it's kind of like a stab mm -hmm. in the chest or the heart or whatever when you come across someone that doesn't know yeah. the Lord. That's right. Yes. And and how do you do? You find it fairly easy to talk with them, start a conversation. I do. Um, I'm not one to come out and say, "Do you know if you, we're not saved, you're going to hell?" Yeah. We, I mean, that's just not my personality. But somehow, some way, in that conversation, it comes around to where are you spiritually or if something happened to you or whatever. Yeah. You know. That's good. And, and do they typically, when you talk to them, do they tend to respond well, like yeah. positively? Yeah. It's not a lot of animosity necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so can I encourage you just a little bit? Mm -hmm. And again, not saying this thing other than I'm just talking okay. is um, the reason why you grieve brother Billy's passing is you probably share that anointing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Because because when those kind of things happen, it it rings the bell of your heart. Amen. 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 Right, and and you pay attention to those kind of things mm -hmm. because when those kind of folks pass away, mm -hmm. right, it, it does something on the inside of you, and it's calling out to that same gifting. Does that make sense? So it doesn't shock me. The questions I ask you don't they weren't, they weren't hard to ask, <laughs> right? And, and I kind of knew what you'd say. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so. And I'm saying, telling God to give somebody else. Well, and he won't. And <laughs> <laughs> you said, you go with it. No, well, he gave it to you. Right? So, so, that's, so that's why when, when we sit there and we say things like, who's going to pick up that mantle? Yes. A piece of it's probably laying at your feet. Mm -hmm. so, so you might want to consider well, picking it up yeah. and stuff just a little bit. And just to encourage you, remember, it's not about getting people into heaven and out of hell. Remember that, that, uh, that the end game wasn't uh, avoid hell nor get into heaven. Jesus came that we might know him and live with him forever. Because remember, I tell people all the time, remember, heaven is a layover. It's not the final destination. It's like if I was going to Florida and you found I was going to Atlanta... Would you think it weird if I got real excited that I went to Atlanta? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Or would you, Florida. Big Brad, don't you want to go to Florida? That's where you're going. Mm -hmm. Remember, heaven is just a layover, mm -hmm. right? We, we will go there if we die before he returns, but we ain't staying there. And it says that he will actually make a new one. Mm -hmm. So the one that we will go to won't even exist when we leave it. It'll change. So many times we make evangelism about heaven or hell. Those are just wonderful byproducts of evangelism, right? But the goal of Christ was to unite man again with their father and to bring them life through their father. To bring heaven to their life right now. Does that make sense? So just to help you as you're talking to people, yes, it's okay to, to talk about, okay, yes, we're, we're, when you died, you know where you'll go. That's a, still a valid question. But the better question is, is, is have you been united with your Father? Yeah. Right. Have you received life from God? Right. And it, and it changes a little bit. Because we all were taught, right, that whole, are you dying and going to hell? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, instead of a relationship. Instead of, yes, have you been reunited with, because the end game was, this is eternal life, Jesus said, that you might know him. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't say, this is eternal life, that you'll go to heaven. Yeah. Amen. 
He said, this is eternal life, that you would know him and the one that he sent. That is eternal life. And wherever eternal life is, there he will be and there I will be and you will be and we will be. Right? And, and if that's heaven, awesome, I'm there. Right? And when he comes back down here, I'll be here. And when he makes a new heaven and a new earth, I'm going to go ever how that works. I don't know how that works, but I'll be in both of them a lot. Right? Does that make sense? So, very good. You're a pioneer. You're breaking new ground. You, you cause a lot of um, re- reconsidering of proper theology. Oh, praise God. Beautiful. Oh, praise God. Very, well, very truly. Oh, good. amen. Well, thank yeah. you. Amen. Well, hopefully, if all that, you can look and go, well, man, if God could use Brad. <laughs> God. And there's hope for me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, Amen. I wish I could take credit. I appreciate it. Amen. Amen. So that's the apostle. Apostles come first. Apostles go into new places. Does that help you, Miss Viva, understand what an apostle is? Right? Again, it could be a missionary. Right? It could be someone who's sent to a specific place. It could be someone who is sent with a specific message. It could be a little bit of all three. Right? That goes into to one. Would you think that, uh, or would you agree with just something that I think I've seen in the apostolic that they tend to carry also a very big father's heart. Absolutely. Yes. Huge father's Absolutely. Totally. They, they are, they give birth to people. Yeah. Right? They are the, oh, that's so good. they're the, there's little people. Everybody that's like little, just stick your fingers in your ears. You know, just come in real quick. Because I need you to, for real. If you're little, you're probably okay. And I'll put your fingers in your ears. Oh, good. For real, put your fingers. Send, I, I got I to gotta keep this PG, right? And so, so, so apostles are the sperm bank of heaven. I don't mean to be crude. You can pull your fingers out of ears now. And so is, uh, but, <laughs> but it's, but they carry the seeds of the kingdom within them. Right, and and they're they, so they do. They Paul said that about himself. You have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. It just seems that of all that I've been around, they're yes. usually, you know, if you're not in that, and you I mean you're drawn to them. Yes, absolutely. You've got a few of them in your life. Absolutely, no. I, it just seems to be something that you. Absolutely. Very good. That's so good. Man, praise God. That's so good. There's many more than we think. That's right. Like sometimes we've been led to believe that apostles are just, you know, rare. Rare rare as chicken teeth. You can't see many of them at all. But Mm -hmm. in reality, now that we're studying this and the way that it's, he gave all of us a gift. There's a lot more apostles than we've imagined. imagined. Yeah. And some of them don't even know it. And so to recognize that and call that out in them with the right, you know, background, like you said, theological teaching and all of that, that just, um, well, what it did to me when I was reading the list and I went, there I am. It's empowering. And you go, oh, nothing's wrong with me. (laughs) That's actually my gift. Are you serious? Okay. That's it. Okay. I, I can embrace that now. That's right. So when people... You're being instructed here at this time 
not just so that you have the clarity, but so that you can call that out in the people that you meet. Because that will be so freeing for them and Mm. it'll show them purpose is not what am I doing like within the church right now and that like what Penny has said so much, but it is this is the gift God has given me and this is how I tie God's heart to people. Yeah. And how they can experience his heart in a deeper way. That's right. Right? And so that's, if anything, we're, we're kind of, we now have this teaching for us to go help others in our world recognize right. their gifts. So I don't know about you. It helps me a little bit to know that I'm going to have to present this material later to help somebody else. I all of a sudden perk up and pay way better attention <laughs> because because I'm now responsible to go really help somebody else change their That's life right. in this way. That's right. Right? And it, like like Savannah said, it's not about religion or the stru- church structure we're so accustomed to, but it's kingdom culture. Absolutely. This is how he set it up. That's exactly right. right. So, and the world is starving for it. Yes. I mean, they're starving. Yes. They really, yeah, they, they really are. It's like, you give them just a little bit, you can see them go, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Never heard that. Never heard that before. Oh, yeah. it's hope. I'm telling you, it's hope. Them, but they've never heard it. Yeah. That's right. That little bit of hope, that little bit of... Life. You, you got it inside. You. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You really think so? Yeah. I don't think so. He thinks so. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to ask a Baptist girl question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ask a Baptist girl question. Go ahead. Are any of the giftings just generic? Like, is it like, oh, you're prophetic, or you're this, or you're that? Or is it like, no, they, no we, um, hold, I'm going to hit pause on Baptist girl. We'll come to that in just a second. Yeah. So, and we'll, we'll address that. And then, so yes. So there's a, there's an epidemic out here mm-hmm. within the kingdom, which doesn't make any sense because if you're in the kingdom, Healing is always available. Yes. You know, the, the availability of restoration is there for them. Yes. So the epidemic is people don't know who they are. Yeah. And who calls a child to who they are? The fathers. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? That's right. And I was talking to somebody almost today, yesterday, but I'm like, they doing that because they don't know who they are. That's right. They're acting like that because they don't know who they that's are. Right. And they're that's starving right. for fathers. That's right. You know? Yeah. And father calls out who you are. Yes. yes. Right. And so you was talking about spiritual genealogy or whatever. Just set it up and, 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 and get some fathers and just let them start prophesying. Yeah. You know, because within that, you know, you'll find out that, hey, this is what your mama was doing, and your daddy was doing, or whatever. Yeah. But they kind of dropped the ball, or whatever. But you didn't know anything about it because you was born out of this, or whatever, you know. And God is one of this, and, God, and they're just call, calling you into who yes. you are. That's exactly. And right. I'm and I'm telling you, I really do feel like I'm the way that I am because on a regular basis, this man father was my father, and he told me all the time. Yeah. Who I was, and and you know, and he told me, he was like, you know what? Because of your heart, the local church will never accept you. Yeah, they will never accept you because you're not going to go for the mundane norm like it is. Yeah, you're going to always see freedom. You're going to you want to want to stand up and dance or whatever. <laughs> and, 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 he, and he's right about it. Because I went and bought two flags, you know, worship flags or whatever. I went and bought two flags 
and I will purposely sit up in the church because I look behind me, and you know, people, you know, they'll just stand up because yeah, they'll be standing for praise and worship, and they'll be doing a little song. But it's like they're in bondage or whatever. So I just start dancing, flying flags, waving them, because because I'm letting them know, hey, you, you can be free. Yeah. And so they'll see me, and then all of a sudden, clapping and hands go up, people <laughs> jumping or whatever. And so it, it became like a pandemic within the church. You know what I'm saying? So. I say after two or three months, you saw flags all over the mountain, <laughs> in the back or whatever. People were complaining about getting hit with flags. And all <laughs> so, 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 so I'm just saying, like, <laughs> spiritual genealogy, it takes fathers to call. Yes. yes. You know, so Who you if you are. feel drawn to people, just open up your home and mm-hmm. your car or go fishing with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're speaking to their life. Yeah. Right. And let them know who they are. That's yeah. exactly you know, right. Absolutely. How to love the husbands. How to husbands, love, how to love the And then men, older men teaching younger men yeah. how to become men. Yeah. To serve God. It's a father's responsibility yeah. to teach them kids about God. That's right. So, and, and again, I totally, absolutely agree that it's father's call out. And remember the parallel of family life parallels church life. Yes. Right? The, the church language is family language. Yes. We know him as father. We know Jesus as brother. We know each other as brother and sister. We know him as groom. We are bride. So the, the language of heaven and the language of the kingdom is a family language. So he, he gave us a parallel so that as you understand earthly family, you understand church and heavenly family and you see the applications, mm-hmm. right? And so it's there. But for time's sake, I do want to come to a Baptist girl question <laughs> and answer that real good since it's there. So let me, let me back up. So Penny's question was, is there any of the gifts gender specific? I'm going to go with a big patented no and a little bit of a caveat on one. And let me explain what I mean by that. I do that by asking a question and I'll ask it to you because of where you come from, right? So can a woman, a wife, can she be a good single mother? Yes, you're gonna. So, so she and I know, and I know, and the answer to that question is yes, because we've seen you. Yes, and so, so here, here's, so here's the thing. So, can a can a lady be a single mom and do a good job? Is it best? What is best? A dad. A dad. And that is mirrored within church life. That's why Paul speaks to pastors principally as male-centered roles, not because women can't. But that men should. 
Well, not so much the covering of covenant. It's 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 the imagery of because even though I agree with what Sam said that apostles carry a very strong father place, the the role of pastor as well as a fatherly role. Mm-hmm. It's a fatherly oh, position. Like God as a father versus the Holy Spirit yes. As a woman. Well, sort of like that. Yeah. Well, it's it's put this way. So this lady right here, y'all know who she is. Y'all know who she is. If y'all don't know who she is, this is my wife. And her name is Selena. And even though I don't say it as much as I probably should, you understand that she could actually be called Pastor Selena, and that's totally yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You understand? She she teaches way better than I did. I don't know if y'all knew that or not, because she doesn't get much chance to teach. But but throughout our ministry time in history, I could talk for hours. Did all right. She'd get up and talk for an hour and would have to make 500 tapes because they would just, we couldn't keep them. They would just disappear right and so 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 she's there and we pastor together yeah. right so when you look at the, the role that are there what paul is talking about in timothy that famously gets us into the gender issues of of ministry is when women of that day like sometimes women of our day want to do it in a breaking from men right and 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 an act of rebellion towards men, right? Instead of jointly together with godly men, does that make sense? So the only ministry gift that I say that has a bit of a gender inclination is the position of pastor. Not because I believe women can't, or that it's sinful, or that it's wrong. Again, put it this way: um, we've experienced it. Selena got up the last time she taught at Irondale Church. You remember that last year on a Wednesday night, Pastor Mark asked you to teach. Oh yeah. And she steps up, and a man gets up when he sees it's her teaching. He's sitting on the front row. He stands up and leaves. Yeah. Because a lady got in the pulpit. Yeah, come on. So, wow. yeah. so when those things happen, we teach anyway, yeah. right? And so. That's what we do. And so uh, and so he totally he missed, missed out. out. And so, yeah. but so do you, so does that understand? So now, uh, in my t- and again, my life is not long. In my twenty-something years of pastoring, I have truly only seen one church that had a lady pastor succeed and survive. Typically, all the other ones that I knew, they suffered the same fate of a single mom's home. Wow. There was an imbalance that would happen. It was not intentional. It was not meant. We were, yeah, that's why Paul talks to, to, or Peter talks about, we reign together as joint heirs of the grace of God. Now, does that make sense? Now, let me back up at another caveat, because I, I want to, because I look around the room, I see all my wonderful ladies of the church and sisters of the church. The giftings of the Lord are for all his people. Amen. So let me tell you and give you some good theology to back that up. Do you understand, and I love this, was just so demonstrated in The Chosen. You understand that the first person Jesus publicly in his life went to was the woman at the well. He went to the woman at the well, showed himself for the first time publicly as the Messiah. She leaves and she preaches the good news of the the Messiah to everybody in her town. And then leads, now notice the story, and then leads all the men of the city to Jesus. So. Sure. 
led, but also it doesn't matter what your background is. That's right. That's right. Like all she had was Jesus, and that's all that's good. That's exactly right. So, so again, and just for time's sake, and, and I don't, I don't mean exactly right. So remember then at his resurrection, right? So the first in his interim ministry on earth was a lady. Jesus raises again at the resurrection. Who's the first one to see him? What did Mary then go do? Who sent her? Jesus did. So that means Mary was an apostle. Wow. Come on, Because she was sent by the Christ with a specific message to a specific people and told them of Jesus. Does that make sense? So, does that make sense? So, Oh, yes, that's it. Absolutely. So remember, when we even when we talk about pastoral roles, like I did, remember, never. Everybody say never. Never. Everybody say what? Never. Never. Never in the New Testament when we see roles and responsibilities are we talking about questions of equality. We're only talking about questions of function. That is it. Remember, Paul said to multiple places in Christ there is neither. Male nor female, Jew nor Gentile, yeah. slave nor free, Greek or Scythian. He, he said it, it's all equal, yeah. right? So it's never, remember also Paul said this in Philippians chapter 2. He said, have this mindset that was in Christ Jesus, who knew that he was equal with God, yet did not consider his equality something he should fight for. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it one more time. This was the attitude of Christ who knew that he was equal with God himself, yet never considered his equality something he had to fight for. Anytime you see people fighting for equality, it's because they don't know they're equal. Does that make Because once you know you're equal, you'll quit fighting for it. And the only only way then later as it goes down, it says he did not fight for his equality. So therefore, he could take on the form of a servant and serve. Until you know you're equal, you can never truly serve. Does that make sense? Until you know you're equal. That's awesome. You'll never truly serve. That is so beautiful. Right? That's awesome. And only... Does that make sense? That's That's the New Testament, right? So never fight for your equality, right? You are equal with Him and with each other. And the reason why He made us equal is so we now can truly serve. That's what Paul said. We take on now... I can take on the form that is needed, right? I can take on the form that is needed to serve his body. I can take on what is needed because me being your servant does not make me lesser, right? It actually in true form, as Jesus said, it's the converse. It's what makes me greater, right? Not greater than you, greater than who I was because before I would have fought you for my equality. I would have fought to prove, prove that I'm, I'm equal. That's for race. That's for gender. That's for socioeconomic status. That's for all things. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Because Paul in those lists, he covered male, female. He covered Jew, Gentile. He, we would say it like this, Christian, unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. People get married and don't become one. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's exactly right. All this, does it make sense? He covered, I love the Greeks and the Scythians. And I, I, I love talking about the Scythians. Because the Scythians were rough. The Scythians, this was the Scythians. The Scythians would kill their enemy, scalp them, turn their scalp into a napkin or a handkerchief, crack off their cranial cap, turn it over, clean it out, and that was their wine cup. So that's a Scythian. And he says, and those folks will stand next to the Greeks in their three-piece Armani toga, right? And they will stand there. And he said, and in the church of Christ, there will be, there's no difference between them. They're equal. Does this make sense? Right. So now we understand these giftings are for all. If he ever gives us a nudge to say, hey, listen, I'd really like this one to be predominantly male it's not because he's talking about equality. He's trying to teach us function in our home. He's trying to teach us that men, we must lead our homes. Wow. See, I am, to be, I am to be your example. Yeah. Yeah. I am to teach you not just from here, I'm to teach you from here. Yeah. Right? And, and if you can't see this well, then I can't pastor you well. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, 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 and that's why this role is predominantly male. Not because she is unable or she is unworthy. It's because God knew that throughout human history, he needed a place where he would show you, hey, gentlemen, this is what it looks like to lead. The world is... They don't, that's true. Well, well, here's the thing. There's just more. But now, for that, to sit there and say... Go with me, and, and for time, we'll need to land the plane. I think Romans... Um, Romans, Romans, where are we going, Holy Ghost? I know it's here. Um, Romans chapter 16. We're just going to read this chapter. Oh, man, my Bible. Remember, when your Bible, when your Bible is falling apart, your life isn't. Right. So, Romans chapter 16. So I'm going to read through this chapter and every now and then I'm going to read a name and I'm going to go, girl, right? And, and, if, and if you're a girl here, I want you to circle that, okay? And we'll just kind of do that. We might look at them and go, boy, and we can see how many of which we got. I've never done this before. I have no idea what it's going to do, okay? So Romans chapter 16, verse 1. Paul says, I commend you, Phoebe, girl, yeah. our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sincrea, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of, for, for indeed she has been the helper of many and of myself also. Right. So here this one, two wow. verses, here is one lady who was doing some stuff in the church. Right? She had some kind of place of leadership, gifting, calling in the church. Now notice verse 3. Greek Priscilla, girl. Girl. And Aquila, boy. Boy. Right? Now here's, a, now here's an interesting thing. Priscilla and Aquila are mentioned five times throughout the New Testament. Five. They were together apostles. 
They shared the calling together as a husband and a wife. Right? So here's, here's another girl and a boy. This is a husband and a wife duo right here. My fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their own lives or their own necks, I love that, for my life, to whom not only I give thanks but also the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in, that is in their house. Greet my beloved uh, Pantaneus. I'm going to go boy. Yeah. What do y'all think? <laughs> yes. I have no idea, but I'm going to shoot boy. Pantanius. Who is the first fruits of Acacia to Christ. Greet Mary, girl. girl, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia. My countrymen, so they were, they were Jews. I'm going to say, I think, I don't know this for sure. I'd have to do the research. I think it's another man-woman combo. So I don't know which one would be which. Uh, I know Andromeda was a Greek god, right? But uh, anyway, so we know that. Greet my, my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who were also in Christ before me. Greet Ampelius. Anybody got an idea? I have no idea. Boy. I don't know. Sounds like a boy. Maybe. I don't know. My beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus. That's a boy. Our fellow worker in Christ. And Stachus, boy, my beloved. Greet Apelles, boy, approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Archibulus. I'm going to go boy on Archibulus. Greet, greet Herodian, boy, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, boy. That's another God who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphania and Tryphosia, who have labored in the Lord. I don't know. That's to me sounds like another boy go combo. Maybe I'm not sure. Greet the beloved. Verse twelve. Persis, boy who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, definitely a boy, <laughs> chosen in the Lord, and his mother girl. and mine. Girl, that's right. Got a girl. But notice this, but notice, notice the family language. So apparently, this Rufus's mama, Paul said, she's my mama too. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's being literal and Rufus is like his bro bro, or whether that's like he adopted Rufus's mama, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Greet Aston, what, how you? Asyncritus. Asyncritus. Phlegon. Phlegon. Hermes. Hermes. Petrobus. Hermes. Hermes. And the brethren who are with them. I think those Boy. are all boys right yeah. there. Dr- greet Philobius. Philogalus. and? Julia. Girl. I'm going to go with girl on little Julia. Nerysus and? His sister. His sister. Girl. And? <laughs> Olymp- Olympus. Olympus. Don't know. Going to go boy. And all the saints who were with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. All right, so in this list alone, how many girls do we get? So Junia is a guy. Junia is a guy. Yeah, well, I was wrong on Junia. Thank you. We have to do some research who these people are. At least six. At least six. But there's a good mix there. And again, some of them we have no idea because we don't know if that's a boy name or a girl name. But I want you to notice the good mix of genders in this list. So here's my thing. Can women... Be ministers. Yep. Yes. yes. If Jesus called them, I feel pretty confident we can call them too. Right. If Jesus chose the woman at the well, chose Mary, sent them out. If we see and read this list, there are ladies of prominence that are in this list that are serving within the church in multiple capacities. Then I'm safe to assume that this is for women. 
So don't let anybody limit you. Just like Samantha, or Sayla said earlier this evening, don't let anybody limit who you are or what you can do. Just be you. Right. Just be out there. Lead and give space. Amen. So we are going to dismiss on that one unless there's a, any final questions or comments from anybody. So when we talk about this, are, we, are you referencing like the five, like apostle? Oh, yes. So let me, let me back up. So yes. Well, I think we just mentioned talking about like 14 things. Yes, there are 14. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. so here's the thing. So I now, and, and so I'm, I'm going to teach this way, and I'm, hey, and please hear this, this is, we can have some good old rousing debate, and I'm all fun for that, that's a lot of fun. I no, I no longer now personally believe that there are only five ministry gifts. Actually, I believe in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul only lists four. If you look at the English, he says, some apostles, some evangelists, some prophets, and then he goes, some pastors and teachers. Now, it's interesting why I say that is, is we normally break those apart as pastors and teachers. A, the English doesn't lend itself for that in the using of clauses, right? He just says, here's a combo. B, it's the only time in the New Testament Paul uses the word pastor, so we should never build a doctrine on one verse, even if Paul wrote it. Right, and, and so, but in all three lists, he does use the word teacher. So I think he combined them together and said pastors and teachers are together. They're one. Is that right? So another piece of Bible interpretation is, is if you want to understand a theme, you look at books written by the same author. So Paul wrote Ephesians. We know then Paul wrote Romans. He gives us another list of ministering gifts in Romans chapter 12. So we can compile that one with Ephesians. We're here and we're going to walk through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. At the end of the chapter, we see another list. We did that a couple of Sundays ago and we squished them all together and we came up with 14. So I am going to propose in our study that there are 14 identifiable by the scriptures ministry gifts and in each of the lists, Paul says one of them, at least one, is given to every, every believer. So you have at least one. But I know I like to double dip, so I can only assume Jesus does too. So I think some people he double dips, right? Right. Yeah, it's like a double scoop, triple scoop. You, you may have a little mix going on. Right. That kind of stuff. Hybrid. Absolutely. Do a heart. I can tell that uh, the heart can only receive what the backside can endure. Amen.